Wouldn't it be great if Christians could talk about the Bible and various issues without fighting or arguing or name-calling? Imagine if we could just sit down, have a cup of coffee, discuss, and even if we disagree, treat each other with respect. That's what this podcast is all about, kind, loving, Christian conversations. It's not a sermon or a Bible class. It's just followers of Jesus talking about life and faith. I hope this show encourages you to have conversations like this with people in your life. I'm Wes McAdams, and I want to welcome you to the Crosstalk Podcast. My favorite guest ever is back for another episode. My wife, Holly, and I discuss life and marriage. We talk about everything from deciding where to eat to how we handle marital disagreements around our kids. I hope you enjoy this sneak peek into our life. Okay, so the very first question that we got from one of our uh, Radically Christian community members was from Tyler, who wants us to discuss how do you decide where to eat, mm-hmm. which I would love. I would absolutely love to hear your answer on. I have I have a perfect answer for this question, but where? how would you tell married couples to decide where to eat? <laughs> well, first of all, I would say that I'm a typical woman and I say, you pick and I don't care. And then I do really care. Yes. So, yeah. I confirm that. Yeah. I affirm that. So what would you say? (laughs) What would be your advice on that? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, You spoil me a lot with letting me pick. That would be my advice right there is to just let her her decide. Even if she says she doesn't care, she does care. And you you already said that. Usually I try to give you like, we can go, I was thinking here or here. You pick from those two or something. And then the one I pick, you're like, uh, let's do that. And one. we do the other one. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you at least go through the, uh, go through the motions, the, go through the motions <laughs> of letting me feel like I have a say in, in the, where we eat. Right. But really the best thing is just to be happy with it. Smile and nod your head. That's right. Yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. On a more serious note. Uh, the next one is from Margie, who wants us to discuss making time for each other, including special occasions like uh, birthdays, anniversaries. And I think the idea there was not forgetting those days and making them special and that kind of thing. So any thoughts on that? Well, for the past five years or so, our anniversary has always been on VBS night, seems like. That's a, that's a good way to make your anniversary special is to right. celebrate it with 500 house. kids. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, you know, you just have to be flexible and um, do it whenever you can, I guess. I think that's, I think that's helpful. I think that, that sometimes we, and we even make that mistake on feeling like it needs to be on that day. Yeah. When the main thing is that you just get time with each other and that you, have an annual celebration or remembrance of mm-hmm. birthday or in this case anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I think that what matters is that you do it and that you do something well and that you make time for each other, not necessarily that it's on that day. So I think flexibility right. is really important. Right. I've never yet forgotten no. an anniversary or birthday. No. Any thoughts on, on forgetting special days like that? I, I, I just don't know how that would happen, actually. <laughs> I don't understand people. I don't know. Sorry. I, can, I mean, I can see it happening. You're <laughs> way better at remembering things than I am. But I think that the reason you're good at it 
and I try to do the same thing with things that are important is you put important things on the calendar. Yeah. And so it's it's on your calendar. And so yeah. you know when, not just when my birthday is, but you know when my sister's birthday is or my nephew's birthday is. And not just because you remember it, but right. because you oh, yeah. remember to put it on the calendar. That's you remember true, yeah. to make it a priority. And I think we, we do that with important things in our life. We put it on the calendar. And when you put it on the calendar, it tends to happen right. if you're disciplined and looking at it. I mean, I could totally see how it happens because I, yeah. I would not remember. I remember your birthday. I probably would have to ask about the boys' birth years. I know their birthdays, but their year I have to struggle to remember. Beyond that, like my three sisters and my parents, yeah. it would be hard for me to recall all of their birthdays right off the top of my head. So yeah, that's true. I don't think it's necessarily important that you can recall it off yeah. the top of your head or that you never forget it, but that you remember to make it a priority by putting it on the calendar and planning and preparing to celebrate it. Right. Yeah. But what about just like making time for each other in general? Yeah. Like we've heard, we've all heard, go on a date once a week in order for your marriage to be successful. You have to go once a week. Well, then our marriage is not very successful because, <laughs> you know, we're once a month, twice a month, maybe, hopefully. Um, but I think it is very successful marriage. But yeah. I think it just depends what season you're in, you know, if you're able to do that um, or what your circumstance is. I think it just depends what season you're in or what your circumstances are, you know, whether you can do that or not. If you're both working inside the home or outside of the home or if you have grandparents that live close by or, you know, it depends where you live, you know, in the city or out or, you know, if you can make date time a priority once a week yeah but then and like we said put it on a calendar and just be adamant about it but i think we've got you and i have got to get better at making time for each other even if it's just like a 10 minute date you know or something or go for a walk around the block and you know and let that count because it does count you're together and you're visiting with each other and spending time together and or go around the corner for ice cream or even go to the grocery store for an hour without the kids. You know, it doesn't have to be something extravagant. And, you know, we're going to go out here. You know, yeah. and I think that's really good. I think that that the advice that you should go on a date once a week is good advice. So long as you define date. Yeah. Like you're defining date that you spend intentional time together every week. Yeah. And that might be leaving the kids with a neighbor and running an errand, nah, that wouldn't be a very good date. Although most of our <laughs> yeah. dates end up at most the of our dates store. end up Target yeah, anyway. It's true, but but taking a walk or going to grab ice cream or just taking some time where you're talking to each other and you're not working and you're not taking care of the kids. But it is it's incredibly expensive, and I, I think that yeah. if you define date as dinner and a movie or mm -hmm. dinner or something like that. And someone doesn't have kids or doesn't have has kids and doesn't have a babysitter mm -hmm. that's built into their family, like a grandparent or an yeah. aunt or uncle or another couple. And I think this is something we don't take advantage of enough is taking turns with another couple switching off. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have any of those options or you feel like you don't have any of those options, then you feel like you have to spend money on a babysitter right. every time you go out, which is what we normally do. Right. But when you figure in a babysitter and dinner and a movie, it's mm -hmm. at least a hundred dollars right. to do all of that. And so to tell a couple, 
when I think when when we get in trouble is when you know marriage, you know, um, not therapy. What's the word? Like a seminar or something like that. When a marriage seminar makes the statement, you need to go on a date once a week. And they're thinking, that's $100 a week. I can't, yeah. we literally can't afford that. That's $400 a month yeah. that we would be spending on on going on a date. So I think that's good advice, go on a date. But I think you're right. I think it may even mean our kids are getting to the point where we can, right. we could go for a walk and leave them at the house by themselves. And and that wouldn't be a big that's deal. Date, so, yeah. yeah, but it, but it's different. I mean, and, every, and I think that's the key to a lot of these marriage questions and discussion topics is that it's stages when you have a newborn right. i mean you're incredibly limited on what you can and can't do so i think yeah. making blanket statements it's really easy for people that that are empty nesters and they have grown kids mm-hmm. for them to look back and say oh yeah we went on tons of dates and then to tell younger couples you need to go on a date every week and and that can be incredibly discouraging because you're like well we can't do that or we mm-hmm. don't have the time to do that or we don't have the money to do that or whatever mm-hmm. Um, I think that it needs to be a bigger conversation than just go on a date every week because mm-hmm. uh, then we're putting undue pressure on them when they may not be at a stage right. in life that they can legitimately go on a date right. every week. And maybe be creative. Like I was just thinking about, well, during baseball season, you know, we're either at the baseball field or at church or whatever, something every night, you know, Bible study every night or something. And But like, you know, when he's warming up, I mean, like we ha- we're sitting there on the stands, and you know we're sitting together, and you know take advantage and of those other moments. Other kid is running around with other. Right, who kids knows where and, he is? Yeah. But yes. <laughs> so it's just us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and take advantage maybe of that time, and right. take advantage of all the time that you are given. And you don't want it. And and I think that's the key. Like you said earlier, it counts, quote unquote. Yeah. We, they couldn't see our air quotes, but <laughs> it, it counts. But I think maybe there's a danger. I think there's two sides of that. One. Yes, it does count. You're spending time together. But I think that the other part of it is that sometimes when people, especially if they're having marriage problems, um, that they feel like, okay, well, I'm doing the checklist of things that I was told to do. Went on a date. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, that counted as a date. Check. I did that. And it's like, well, it's not. None of this is a formula or a recipe. It's just enjoy each other. I was Mm -hmm. talking to a, a young man earlier today and and he said something like he's not dating or he's not engaged or anything like that. In fact, he's you know even talking about, I'm not sure if I'll ever get married. And he said, you know, the only reason I could see getting married is it sounds kind of cool to hang out with your best friend all the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's, that's a pretty good way to think yeah, of it. Yeah. You know, and, and what a cool concept that you get to yeah. hang out with your best friend all the time. Um, and that's the way you have to learn to think about it. And you have to, and even if a couple is at a point in their marriage where they don't feel like the other person is their best friend, that's how you have to, you, you, that person is your best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have covenanted with you to be your friend for life. And whether or not it feels like that at the moment, you have to, you have to cultivate that friendship. Mm-hmm. And, and you do with your spouse what you would do with anybody else. Right. You wouldn't say, hey, I want to get to be a better friend to George over here. And so, okay, here's my checklist of things that I have to do every week. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I have to take George for coffee and I have to go mm-hmm. on a walk with George. And <laughs> you wouldn't think of it that way. If you thought, I want to be a better friend to George. You, so you're just there. You'd be there. Right. Yeah. Be together. You have conversations. You'd mm-hmm. ask George, how was your day? You know, what, mm-hmm. what do you, how do you feel about this? And Not you necessarily would, going to a movie and going to dinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just to check something off of a list yeah. or just because somebody told you that that's a good way to 
improve your relationship or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, the next question uh, is also from Margie, who asked about praying and studying about things together. And I think specifically, she she started it by saying when you have issues and studying about those issues together um, and praying about those issues. And then, and then she also said, but even when you're not having issues, praying and, and studying about things together. I have a lot of thoughts on that, I guess, or some thoughts on that, but... <laughs> Do you want to start it? Um, I think we did a great job when we were dating. I'll always remember this, that we had a long distance relationship. And so we would spend a lot of time on the phone, of course, mm-hmm. or on instant messaging. Woo. It's like texting, but over the computer yes. for, for young and young millennials and <laughs> yeah. Gen, X, Gen Z. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we would, it seems like maybe every night, I don't know. We would, we would pray together and like mm-hmm. he would pray and then I would pray and it was just, it helped strengthen our relationship and get to know each other better. And mm-hmm. it was precious moments and precious memories that we'll have. And, um, and now I, I love how we can say, you know, if something came up, you know, let's pray for this person. Let's pray for this right now. And we do, and we stop and we pray together. You lead us in prayer and that bond, those are bonding moments, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like spiritual discussions, like I think we do that a lot when we're in the car traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how you ask me different things about what do you think about this, or I was thinking about saying this in my sermon. What do you think about this? Because it, um, I know that you value my thoughts and value my opinions and want to hear it from hear from me and hear what I think. And mm-hmm. it's those are bonding times. And yeah, well, and I and I do. I I mean I I treasure your feedback on things because number one i respect your spirituality and your love for the lord but number two it really helps to have <laughs> you're, you're sort of my um every man you know my my view that's sort of the baseline and so it's like okay if if this doesn't make sense for you then it probably isn't going to make sense to the people in the pew and so it's really helpful for me to lay out something and and talk about it but then so that's one aspect of it and another aspect of it is i want you and i to be on the same page about things before Mm -hmm. i preach it so you know as my thinking has evolved over the years and there's several different issues that you know that that i think differently than i did before because i've been studying scripture and i've been talking to people and i've been Mm -hmm. reading books and you know so there's lots of different things that i think differently than i did when we got married and I don't want to preach something that you're uncomfortable with. Like I want us to be on the same page about it before I go off half cocked and, and just, you know, start saying things and you're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what he's talking about. That's just crazy stuff, you know? And so, and there have been things that not like adamantly. And that's what, when she asked the question about issues, like I, I feel bad saying this, but like, I don't feel like we've ever had marriage issues. Like Mm -hmm. whether we've never, you know, we've had disagreements and I think that that would be the extent of our disagreements. One, like, where do you eat? Just <laughs> kidding. That's not really a disagreement, but, um, uh, you know, we've had disagreements about, you know, just life decisions and that kind of thing. And then we've had some disagreements about scripture and about spiritual things, not serious disagreements though. Like you're like, I don't understand where you're coming from on that. Why do you, why do you say that? And it's been helpful for me to work out some of those things by discussing it with you and you've kind of helped me pull back and say, Oh, I don't know. You may be going in the wrong direction there. And so it helps me to have you to talk through those things with before 
I teach them. So, I mean, I just, I, I feel like God's design of having two people, two opposites in a marriage is so incredibly helpful for ministry and for life because it just, it helps me be better by having you balance, balance me out. And if I get too, you know, too headstrong in a certain direction, you help bring me back to reality. And, and even, even if I end up in the same place with a thought, you help me to articulate it better by, by being the, the person, the primary person I bounce things off of. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you say that people should start those discussions at home? Like if they aren't used to having those spiritual discussions with each other, with their wives or husbands. And yeah. And I think what I've heard from wives over the last 15 years is there's so many wives that wish their husbands would have, I don't know too many husbands who wish their wives would have spiritual discussions with them. Mm-hmm. There probably are some like that, but I, it's often that way. You know, there's a wife that wants to have deep spiritual conversations with her husband mm-hmm. and he's just not there. And I think on the one hand, you have to be okay with that. Like you have to love them where they are. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that I want to talk about spiritual things or just nerdy things about whatever and you just aren't interested in it and and Mm -hmm. i have to be okay with that i Mm -hmm. i have to be okay with the fact that there's a lot of time that you don't want to talk about eschatology or you know (laughs) hermeneutics you know or whatever and it's just i have to i have to be okay to talk to somebody else right right i have a preacher friend or or whatever yeah other guys yeah right and so yeah i i've got to be okay with the fact that you may not be at the place where whatever I'm excited about or passionate about, you want to talk about. And so sometimes I think even with Christian couples, you know, a wife or a husband may find themselves in the position where their spouse doesn't really want to talk about that right now. And mm-hmm. so you, I think you have to, you, you have to start where they are. I think it is important that you get to the point where you're on the same page about things, but you have to start where they are. And there's always a common ground. Like there's always a place to start and it's really hard to give like general advice but i mean i think that 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 there are things even the things that we don't you're not as excited about it as i am or i'm not as excited about it as you are so like baseball would be another example right i mean so you and malachi our oldest son talk about some things and, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't really care, you know, mm-hmm. what that baseball player did over the mm-hmm. weekend or what his favorite lasagna is or whatever. And you guys <laughs> can talk about that all you want to. But there are things regarding baseball that I want to talk about mm-hmm. and I want to be part of that conversation. And so there may be things about the Bible that you're not excited about and you don't really want to talk about. But mm-hmm. there are things that you do want to talk about. So mm-hmm. I think if you love somebody and you love having conversations with them, you'll find the things that they like to talk about that overlap with the things that you like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next question is from Tom. I say question. These aren't necessarily questions, but um, they're, you know, just topics of discussion. And I mean, we just kind of covered that, I guess. Tom said having the same spiritual goals. And that that's an interesting phrase, that the way that he, he phrased that, uh, having the same spiritual goals. I don't know that I would, I don't necessarily have a lot of, feedback on that I guess Mm -hmm. and maybe that's something I I think that we did that well and this is this is a a confession for me 
But we, I remember one time we went on a date. It wasn't even a quote unquote date. It was like a serious date. And we went in, uh, I'm sure you know what I'm going to say. Maybe not. Uh, In Hot Springs, we went on a hike, you and I, uh and we went up to one of our Mm -hmm. favorite spots in Hot Springs. And um, we, we talked about our goals for our family and like what our our core principles should be. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we probably even made a mission statement or something. No, I'm I don't sure know. we did. Yeah, it was all <laughs> kinds of the, and then we came back and we put it on a poster board and mm-hmm. you know, it was a really big deal. And I think every couple goes through times like that where you have this high where you're like, oh yes, we're gonna do mm-hmm. this and this and this, and we're never gonna do this. And we're gonna repeat this phrase in our house every mm-hmm. single day and whatever. And you know, some of it's stuck and some mm-hmm. of it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I think it's helpful to have those even if you don't necessarily live up to them. But I think it's, it's helpful to come back to those too. And I've, I should have done a better job at, at keeping those things at the forefront. I think for us, one of the things has been finding simple, simple phrases, simple ideas. I think sometimes we get really carried. I don't mean we, you and I necessarily, although that would might be an example of when we did, but I think sometimes families get carried away with like huge chore charts and these big complicated arrangements that may work for them and it may not work for somebody else. So somebody may see, oh, this family does this and they've Mm -hmm. got this huge poster board and it says all of these things. And so they want to do that and it lasts for like a week or something. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, go through that. And I think for us, we've had little sayings. Like one of our sayings is we do what's right no matter what, which cuts, (laughs) I hope, cuts through the excuses where the kids might say, well, you know, but so-and-so was running in the church building or this was happening or there were these extenuating circumstances and our response is always the same mm-hmm. is, no, 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 we do what's right no matter what. There's no good excuse for doing the wrong thing. And so I think some of our spiritual goals are just very simple things like that. Like we want to teach our kids to follow Jesus, to love God, to love others, and then we try to find ways to make that happen. Yeah, and I think like going on having those highs of like that particular date thing that we did and you know and so i think maybe marriage seminars you know whenever they're they come to town or whatever that doesn't mean when you're there that oh we have a troubled marriage we need help you know we've got to go i mean they're just good times when you can oh yeah you know remind yourself of these important things and have another high and go maybe it'll you know prick your heart to go have a date and talk about those mm-hmm. things and um, come up with a phrase for your family or something. Um, and so we thought of a few marriage seminars that, that we know of. Um, His Shoes, Her Shoes, Wayne and Tammy Roberts mm-hmm. do a seminar. Trey and Lee's Stronger Marriages. Mm-hmm. And then Jerry and Lynn Jones' Marriage Matters. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can find those in your area and you know give yourself another high or yeah. um, remind yourself of important things and anyway but I think I was thinking that we had a long engagement a long dating process before we were married and we talked about those goals you know before we got married um you know what did what did we want our family to look like what did we want our day-to-day life to look like you know just dreaming and stuff as as you do as when you when you're dating and stuff but we talked about that before we got married and I think that's important to do if you're dating and stuff that's really good and and we did that a lot like probably (laughs) probably i mean i was a youth minister and you know and you're at a christian school and you know so and we had a long distance relationship like you said but we talked about that kind of stuff more than we talked about 
you know, how was your day kind of stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I remember the first time we were together, <laughs> this tell everybody what a nerdy uh, date I was in the, even in the very beginning. But we, um, we, the first time we were together on a, in the car, we weren't even dating yet. Yeah. And I asked you, you know, if you had a, if you found a genie in a lamp and you, you had three wishes, what would your three wishes be? And I mean, I was, you know, evaluating you yeah. and you were evaluating me, obviously. Um, and, but I, I wanted to know what's important to you. You yeah. know, what, what are your goals in life? And I think that that's, I think some people find themselves in a marriage where they have to get on the same page because they're not on the same page, but it's so much easier mm-hmm. if you can go into marriage where you already have the same spiritual goals, where you don't have to try to reconcile goals after the fact where you know you've you've had those discussions beforehand Mm -hmm. because there's some you know i mean a lot of times people get married just because they're physically attracted to each other and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily built on anything deeper than that and then 10 years into marriage then they realize oh well we have totally different ideas of what being spiritually successful Mm -hmm. looks like or what being a follower of jesus looks like And it's hard to get on the page after the fact, yeah. on the same page after the yeah. fact. I think we did that very well. We vetted each other very well. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Very well. No doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the decision that yes. we both made. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some, Joel says, uh, which of our failures do we let our children see and uh, which, mar- which marital disagreements? So, you know, I, my my mom has often told the story that when she was growing up, her parents didn't fight in front of each other, that they hid all of their arguments. And then when she got married, the first argument that her and my dad had, she assumed the marriage was broken. You know, this is not going to work because she had never seen married people fight. She figured if married people fought, then their their marriage was doomed. So I kind of grew up with that story in my mind because my mom tells that story all the time. Um, but I don't know. Again, I mean, we just don't, we just don't fight much. We mm-hmm. don't argue very much. I, like we don't hide it. I don't think, but we don't, we just don't have very many arguments. I don't right. know. I, I mean, and that's not to like say we're doing something extremely well or something. I don't think, but, um, although <laughs> we are no, I'm 14 years. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's not to say that we've never gotten irritated with each other because yeah. you irritate me all. No, just kidding. I irritate <laughs> you all. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But you, I mean, I, I, irritate, I, I know we, you know, we have days where, where we're frustrated and that kind of thing. I wouldn't say we've never raised our voice because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we have, but I mean, more like, you know, in a, a moment, like a one moment, not like a long drawn out. We've never in our marriage had a long drawn out, like yelling back and forth like kind of a thing so i i don't know that there's anything to hide or reveal to the kids right and i was thinking just as our boys get older you know we would look for those moments to discuss more with them how marriage works and how it's 100 percent each person and sacrificial and about spoiling your spouse and you know look for those teachable moments whenever they would come up and discuss them more as you know they get older but but yeah i was thinking I've definitely shown them my failures <laughs> a ton. I mean, I'm with them all day, every day, practically. And um, so they've seen a lot of my temper tantrums and lack of patience. And I hope that I've always apologized for those times to them. I've tried to apologize for every time that happens, but I think a lot can happen 
I think that's good when a parent apologizes to their kids. They they learn that their parents aren't always perfect so that, you know, they know, hmm, I don't have to be perfect, you know, and still be loved. And then I think that it, they learn that it's okay to apologize and that you should apologize so that they know how to do it too. And anyway, so they, they see a lot of my failures, but. Well, I'm obviously mine too. And, and I do, I think that's incredibly important to, for us to apologize to them. And we have, both yeah. of us have, have done that or, see them see us apologize to each other if we get irritated with each other and so Mm -hmm. um i think that's important i I think there are probably um and and now i'm trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes i mean if somebody is having i'm i i don't want us to sort of set ourselves up as you know marriage experts or or saying that anybody should emulate us or even listen to our advice necessarily but um because i think that that, you know, we, we're incredibly blessed, you know, and, and part of it is just, you know, the fact that we are on the same page, but I mean, sometimes people wake up, you know, or they, you know, they just find themselves in, in, in a marriage where there are problems, there, mm-hmm. there's brokenness and there's hurt and there's, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. And I, I think that there, there could be a lot of times where you need to have those discussions and those disagreements and even arguments away from the kids you know mm-hmm. they don't need to know because i mean I, I feel like kids need a solid home and they need to feel like this isn't falling apart yeah and 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 hopefully in a christian marriage people have the mentality that divorce is not an option that mm-hmm. us breaking up or that this thing falling apart isn't an option and the kids know that too right and and that the, these things are going to be fixed but I think that giving the kids that sense of stability and and, and sh- uh, assurance that everything is going to be okay might require having those disagreements away. You know, it, whether mm-hmm. it's going to get counseling or sitting down with somebody or whatever the case may be, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, obviously, kids are kids, I mean, kids are incredibly perceptive. They know when there's problems mm-hmm. going on. They know when when there's disagreements and things like that. Uh, but they don't have to know the ins and outs. They don't have to know all of the gory details. Mm-hmm. And they definitely don't need to see um, mom and dad, you know, yelling and screaming and that kind of thing. And right. so I think there is a time and a place for um, handling problems away from the kids. It's just that, you know, we've been incredibly fortunate mm-hmm. not to have to have that problem. Right. And then when those problems are fixed, you know, then you can go back to your kids, like I was saying earlier, and have the teachable moment. And you know, and you say, you know, you know, mommy and daddy, you know, we were really struggling with this issue, you know, but we went and we got help and we prayed about it and God helped us. And so, you know, yeah. we're, we're going to be better at this, you know, and help us to be mm-hmm. better and, you know, and I don't know, just help each other and show how it works and how you can get through hard times in your marriage. Yeah. And that's, I mean, back to the discussion about, you know, phases and times in in life. I mean, it just depends on how old the kids are. Right. I mean, so, you know, when, when they're at a certain age, you can, you can have that discussion with them and say, Hey, listen, I know you felt that there was tension in the house. Mm -hmm. You remember when you were 10, now that you're 16, I want to tell you what was going on at that time mm-hmm, and, right. and we got help and we figured it out and we, and, and it's better now. Um, but I want you to know that when you get married, things aren't mm-hmm. always going to be perfect and there's going to be these things. And here's what we did uh, to help us with our problem. Right. And, and, and you can too. So I think there's a balance to all of that. And there's just a discernment about how much to tell them and when to tell them and, yeah. and all of that. Right. Okay. The next thought is how to keep your role as parents from diminishing your role as a spouse. 
I know these are not mutually exclusive, but it's healthy. But is it healthy when they become almost synonymous? This is from James. How to keep your role as parents from diminishing your role as a spouse. Do you think that being a mom gets in the way or interferes with your role as wife? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to elaborate on that? (laughs) I really struggle with this, and you know that, I think. But I assume that a lot of moms do also. Um, it's just, we're with our kids all day long and we've been mom all day. And then suddenly when your husband comes home, you got to suddenly transition to being a wife and then taking him care of him first and being a wife and not talking to him like you've talked all day to your kids and not treating him like one of your kids. And, and I mean, it's tough to turn cause you're a mom 24 seven and you're a wife 24 seven. So I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to turn off and it's hard to. It's just hard. And I think that's where the time away comes and come becomes even more important is that, you know, you need time to feel like you're a wife and remind yourself that you're a wife and you're not just a mom. And But it's hard. So I don't know. Yeah. And I think I think that's probably harder. I mean, I guess if a if a man was a stay at home dad, then then that would be one thing. I think the way you said it was perfect that that it's about what you spend the majority of your time doing. So mm-hmm. when you spend the majority of, and you homeschool the boys, so you're with the boys 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you treat the kids one way because they're kids and you're and their I'm parent. Teaching, I'm teaching them. I'm right. training them. I'm yeah. And so it, it's hard for a mom. I'm not saying you do this, but I'm saying it, it's hard for any mom not to treat her husband like he's one of the kids and I hear that all too often I mean I mm-hmm. hear that and it's on TV mm-hmm. and, and it's become it's become the the joke in every sitcom I know of nowadays that the dad has become one of the kids you know mm-hmm. yeah I've got I've got four kids you know and he's one of them you know mm-hmm. and 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 that idea that she treats uh, her husband as the oldest kid and 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 I get it I mean and it's funny you know yeah I'm helpless without her you know ha mm-hmm. ha ha and and I get it uh, but I think at the same time it's so important to distinguish those roles but it's hard and for me I think for me the struggle isn't necessarily to distinguish between being a dad and being a husband but it's between being a minister a preacher and being a dad and husband so it's really hard for me not to bring my work home mm-hmm. and and then try to continue to wear that hat it's it's hard for me to take that hat off and just be a dad or just be a husband i mean one to actually turn off my phone mm-hmm. and you know or turn off my computer and not work uh, but at the same time but but also not treating the boys or you mm-hmm. as a member of the congregation. <laughs> Here comes a sermon. Right? The and boys say. Yeah, that's what the boys say. Um, and, what, and I think part of it, they don't realize that whether I'm a preacher or not, I'm still going to preach gonna say to the you. You're going to same yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My parents weren't preachers, and, and they both uh, gave me quite a few sermons. So right. um, I think that's part of it. But, but I think that whatever you spend the majority of your time doing, it's really hard not to stay in that in that mode, you know, to have that hat on and to sort of transition and say, this is my wife, this is my husband, and I'm going to treat them differently than I treat everybody else in my life. That this relationship uh, is sacred. It's different than the rest of the relationships. And these are my kids, and I'm going to treat them differently than I treat other kids because they're mine, and I'm going to treat that relationship differently than I do others. And I don't know that I have any advice on how to do that necessarily Mm -hmm. other than just being intentional and thinking through 
they deserve me to play my role in this relationship the right way. And maybe the first step is just realizing it, that you do have to dis- dis- distinguish between yeah. being a mom and being a wife. And like you said, be intentional about how you talk and how you speak and how you treat each different thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the last two, they kind of play into each other uh, or the last couple, I guess we probably only have time for one more, but um, so the last one, or one of them says from Shauna says, I find it very beautiful that the Lord uses marriage synonymously with him and the church. And then Chris uh, has a quote from Francis and Lisa Chan Uh, This is many people will tell you to focus on your marriage, to focus on each other. But we discovered that focusing on God's mission made our marriage amazing. And Chris says, I'd love to know your take on that thesis if you've experienced it, et cetera. So I think both of those kind of go hand in hand. One is, uh, you know, kind of uh, 1 Corinthians 7. One is Ephesians 5. um, And and just talking about um, focusing on God and then that bringing us together or focusing on marriage as that picture of Jesus and the church. So you have any thoughts on that? I was just thinking that um, we need reminders of that constantly about Jesus' love for the church and how God's plan for the family and they're good reminders. And so we need to hear that, you know, one sermon series a year, you know, or, you know, those marriage seminars or marriage books, um, because his plan is best and we need to keep ourselves on track and um, remind ourselves that, you know, what we need to work on and what we need to, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't remember if you and I read that together. It seems like we did that Tim Keller's book on marriage. I think Tim Keller and his wife actually maybe wrote it together or she did a chapter in the book or something. And I think we listened to it on the way to Red River one year, maybe. Um, But that's probably my favorite book on marriage. I mean, we've, I think you wrote down some Mm -hmm. marriage books, Love and Respect and uh, His Needs, Her Needs, maybe. Uh, Yeah. Five Love Languages. Power of a Praying Wife and the Power of a Praying Husband. Yeah. And so, I mean, all of those are great books, but my favorite is Tim Tim Keller's book on marriage because it touches on these things that, that these folks brought up. What's it called? I, I don't remember it, but people can Google it okay. or I will, I will link it in the show. <laughs> no, I will link it in the show notes. Uh, it might just be marriage. Mm-hmm. His titles are t- typically very simple. Um, but, but I really love his focus on the theological foundation of marriage. Like this is what marriage is. And because I think that we live in a, in a unique culture, we live in a culture that's very individualistic and it's about my needs and my pleasure and my wants and my desires and I think that most people enter into marriage with those sorts of desires, you know, that I'm going to get my desires fulfilled. And we, we want it to be like we saw in the fairy tales growing mm-hmm. up or we saw in Disney movies or whatever. <laughs> um, and we want our, I want my happily ever after or whatever. When God's picture for marriage is so much bigger than that. It's about living out a, um, a model, basically. It's, it's a living parable mm-hmm of Jesus and the church, that I'm loving you and taking care of you the way Jesus does for his people, and that you're loving and submitting and respecting me the way the church does to Jesus, and we're living out this parable. But I think that when we get, it's really hard to remember that when when you're arguing about something or when your needs aren't being fulfilled or whatever. And so there are very practical things that you can implement too, but I think unless you have that theological foundation, 
um, then marriage will never be what it's supposed to be. And I think also that that I love the triangle metaphor, you know, where each spouse is the two lower points of the triangle and God is the upper point of the triangle. And the closer you get to God, also the closer the two points get to one another, the, the closer you move up the, the sides mm-hmm. of the triangle. And, and I found that to be true, that the more I'm connected to God, the more I'm in a better place spiritually and the more I'm passionate about the mission of God, then the closer I am to you as well. Mm-hmm. The times where I've been short with you or I've gotten annoyed at you or frustrated or where I, I think for me, it usually comes out more with the boys than it does with you. But the, the times when I'm not being a good family member have been the times when I'm distracted mm-hmm. by, you know, some argument I'm having with some preacher <laughs> or something like that. And I'm frustrated about that. And I'm not in a good place spiritually. And I don't treat, and, and that is reflected in the way that I treat you and the boys. And so I think that if people focus on having a solid relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. that if they focus on being good disciples, they can't help but be better spouses. Right. And and sometimes that seems counterintuitive. It's like, you know, we, we think that, that the best way to become a better spouse is go to all these marriage seminars and read all these marriage books. And maybe, yes, that mm-hmm. gives us some things, but really the best way to become a better spouse is to go to church, mm-hmm. <laughs> study the Bible, sing songs of praise. Be with be, his people. Be with his people. Mm-hmm. Become a better follower of Jesus. And the better you are at following Jesus, the more closely you're, you're connected to him, the the, be- the more fruit of the spirit. I mean, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and good. These are the, the key ingredients to a better marriage. And, and that's what disciples of Jesus have in their life. And when you have that fruit, you can't help but be a better spouse. Right. If you have Jesus first, everything else just naturally takes care of itself. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> yep. I think we need to do the next one. Oh, okay. I was going to end there, but I guess I will not. I think that's also a good question. And it's from my mother, Tony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No one will leave her out. Yeah, no. Shout yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, daughter-in-law did what she was supposed to. <laughs> okay, so uh, her question is, how do you improve on communication? Um, and, and, I, and I mean, and obviously that's always, I think that that's what people would say is the fundamental question right. for better relationships. And I would say, it's a fundamental question and that the one we just answered mm-hmm. about discipleship is That's even true. more fundamental than that. But I think that after that, once the discipleship is figured out, you still have to be able to talk to each other. Right. So what thoughts do you have on communication? Well, my mom always told our family, communication is the key. And she's absolutely right. If the communication lines are broken, then everything else will soon follow. It's like a domino effect. Um, it takes practice and repetition on how to talk to each other, how to learn to communicate with each other in the best way. Um, like when we did our premarital counseling, we like went through exercises, mm-hmm. literally of active listening. Active listening. You know, you said, "I feel da 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 da," and then I repeat. Okay, so what you're saying is you feel da 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 when I do this, and it felt dumb and felt awkward, mm-hmm. but I think we still have that in the back of our minds. You know, we don't say, okay, so I see, I hear that you're feeling, we don't say that literally, but I think we still have that in the back of our minds, you know, when we're talking to each other. Okay, listen to him, listen to what he's saying. And I think that's first of all, you have to listen and listen and don't just hear and then show your spouse that you're listening. That's a big thing for women, I think. (laughs) What you're saying is that's a big thing for you and me. 
that I don't show you that I'm well, listening to. Well, I wasn't going to gonna say that. <laughs> I know you weren't going to say that, but it's true. <laughs> show me that you're listening. Look yes. at me. Yes, because if I'm watching television or I'm looking at my phone, even if I tell you I'm listening. Right. I don't feel like you are. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, after you say, after they express their feelings, say, so what you're saying is, you know, so that you can make sure that you're right, because maybe you're completely wrong. Yeah. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, don't interrupt them bite your tongue don't wear your feelings on their sleeve when they're talking to you um and just truly listen and hear what they're saying um and then the other side speak kindly you know there's two ways there's communication you hear and you speak so speak kindly don't call names i think we've done a good job at that um yeah that's just not good (laughs) you're not in third grade um don't say you always tell me this <laughs> you always tell me this you don't say you always do this yes. you always yeah. do this or you never do the dishes you know or whatever it's exaggerating right don't say you always or you never um so this means that you can't act or react in that moment a lot of times you know okay i can't discuss this with you right now we're gonna call cool off and both of you understand that that's what you're gonna do you know, okay, I need a moment to cool off and we're going to come back and we're going to communicate about this, what's going on. Um, yeah. And I think that's, and you touched on this, even if you didn't specify it, but I think that's why it's so important that you, you express your feelings, you know, like I feel this way. Yeah. And as opposed to accusing the other person of you do this, you always do, or even if you don't say always or never, but, but you accuse them of doing something rather than just saying, I feel this way when this happens, or I feel this way when you say these things. Um, and then that way you're allowing them the, the honor of being able to change their own behavior rather than you being the one to say, you need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. You, all you can do is just tell them, I feel diminished when you say those kind of things it hurts my feelings. Right. Now it's up to you to, de- to determine what you're going to do with that. But, but I want you to know the way I feel when you say X, Y, or Z. And so I, I think that's a helpful way to communicate, but it's not typically the way people communicate. Typically, like you said, we, we accuse people and we say, you always do this or you never do that. And, and so many times that I'll talk to couples that are having marriage problems, it's a miscommunication. And that's why, like you said, that active listening on just asking, okay, is this what you're saying? This Mm -hmm. is what I hear you saying. Is that, is that right? Is that accurate? I don't want to misrepresent you. It's like it, I mean, it, it shows so much respect for them, Mm -hmm. but it also avoids a miscommunication. So, so many times somebody gets mad about what they think the other person meant and it wasn't even what they meant. Right. And so being on the same page, because it's hard. I mean, not only male and female, but you've got, you know, differences in backgrounds and cultures and the way we express things. And so every single individual grew up in a different home. And now you're bringing two different perspectives Mm -hmm. and two different ways of communicating to the table. And if you don't practice good skills, it's it's inevitable that you're going to have miscommunication and and hurt each other's feelings without even trying to mm-hmm. and so you just have to implement some of those just really basic fundamental 
communication rules because you could you could have two people that want to do the right thing and want to help each other and bless mm-hmm. each other and love each other uh, but they just don't know how to talk to each other and just right. learning how to talk to each other is incredible right. and i was thinking maybe even a counselor or maybe even the preacher or some somebody will help you a book something will help you learn how to communicate yeah. it's not dumb to go I need to figure out how I can talk better to my wife. Yeah. I need to talk, you know, something's not working. I need to figure out how to communicate. What's, what am I doing wrong? That's the, you know, a great thing you can do to get help of how to learn how to communicate. When even what you said right there is how can I get better? And I yeah. think so many times in marriage, what we want to do is we want to fix the other person. It's like, how do I get my husband to be a better communicator? How do yeah. I get my husband to listen to me? How do I get my wife to not yell at me, whatever? And instead of trying to change them, we work on ourselves because that's all we can really do is mm-hmm. I can be better at expressing my feelings or my wants or my desires or my fears or my shortcomings or whatever. I can get better at communicating that and I can get better at listening to you, but I can't make you a better communicator. All I can do is make me a better communicator. And I think if we focused on that, even if you have one horrible communicator and you have another really great communicator, the marriage can be pretty successful. Mm -hmm. But if you have two people that are just trying to make each other better communicators and not focus on themselves, then it's broken. I want to thank my church family, the Church of Christ on McDermott Road, and our editor, Travis Polly, for making this podcast possible. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I also want to invite you to check out Logos Bible Software, who has partnered with us to give our listeners a great discount. Just go to radicallychristian.com slash Logos, L-O-G-O-S. I think you'll love the software and you'll get a great discount by using that link. As always, I love you, God loves you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.